Welcome back, high school hockey fans. It's getting late in the season, and we're down to the sectionals. I'm Mike Hammett with this week's version of This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey. I've got a full staff, Bill Berg, Bill Berg Jr., Del Scanlon, and I've even brought an extra one along, Rob Bradovich. How you been, Bob? I'm good, guys. Excited to uh, see also all the action this week in uh, the sectionals. we got some good matchups coming up. Oh, you aren't a kidding. Well, we got sectional previews we're going to go through quick here tonight. Um, section 1, D2. All right. Now let me get to that. <laughs> I can take that for you, MJ. That pretty much went according to uh, script. Um, all the top seed, the, the top four seeded teams all won and all won handily. Uh, New Richmond beat Chawamigan, uh, Rice Lake beat Whistle Flag, Hayward beat Spooner, and Amory beat Medford. The closest game was seven to one, so uh, nothing surprising there. Sets up a matchup uh, this week or tomorrow, let's say. Uh, number one, New Richmond versus number four, Rice Lake, and number three, Hayward versus at uh, number two, Amory. All what we expected there. Yep, that's pretty much. Um, yeah, Amory, uh, New Richmond, well, yeah, New Richmond and Rice Lake, they're in the same conference. They've met twice this year. Uh, New Richmond won both times. Amory, um, they beat New Richmond in their only matchup earlier, so... Give a slight nod to Amory and a bigger nod to New Richmond in these two games, I think. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, New Richmond and talking with uh, Coach John Larson, uh, both before his team came to Hobbs to play Memorial and then and then afterwards, it's a, he's got some of the same guys back up front. They're not as strong uh, defensively. Easton Schmidt graduated, and then they also lost uh Blake Milton to graduation and, and he was an all-state caliber goalie. Um, so that's kind of been a, a kind of an ongoing evolution of just trying to get the, the guys that they have to be aware of what they do defensively. But I'll tell you with the guys that they have up front, catcher Langness, Bjorn Bonneman, Matthew Unger, um, and even you throw in those second guys like Stephen Chapman and Zalen Sweet, they got a lot of guys that can put the puck in the net and you can tell they play really well together. So, I think you'd give them the edge over Rice Lake. Uh, I'm a big fan of Josh Engel, uh, Rice Lake head coach, but I don't know that anybody around these parts has been hit as hard by guys leaving for juniors. He had uh, that team that won the Division II state title a couple of years ago. He had a number of guys that, you know, at least by grade, should still be playing, but they've decided to go elsewhere. Um, they'll still work hard. They'll still they'll still run their systems. They'll still still do their stuff, but. I think Rice, uh, Rice Lake just doesn't match up from a from a scoring standpoint with New Richmond. Plus, New Richmond gets to play them in their own barn. And on the other side, too, I think you'd look at Amory, um, some high end players like Vincent Green, uh, Henningsgard kid. I think is a is a really good player too. Um, I think it all sets up for that Amory New Richmond rematch. Um, New Richmond got him in the sectional final last year, and the game was in Amory. So we'll see what what might happen this time around. Um, 
Hayward, I think, is a team that can give will probably give Hayward uh, a closer game. Right, the other way around, Hayward, I think, can give Amory a closer game than what Rice Lake can do uh, against New Richmond. But then again, it's hockey; you never know some nights. Yeah, and as as we mentioned last week in the you know in the the only comp- the, the my hockey computer rankings uh, for Division Two, New Richmond is number one. Amory is number four. Uh, Hayward and Rice Lake come in at 15 and 16. So that's, you know, pretty much middle of the pack for Division Two, whereas New Richmond and Amory are clearly at the, the top of the, the, the chart in Division Two. All right, guys. Uh, I want to move on to the girls in uh, Section 1. We got Superior, the number one seed, playing Northland Pines, and the number one two, the number two seed, the Central Wisconsin Storm, taking on the Hayward Hurricanes. And you wonder, you wonder again if uh, Central Wisconsin and Superior set up for another collision course. Well, before we get to that, I mean, we did have the regional contest during the week uh, on Thursday. We had. Uh, Hayward Hayward beat Medford handily at six and nothing, but number five Northland Pines upset number four Wisconsin Valley Union. That's you know a, a five beating a four or a nine beating an eight is your your uh, least form of upset, but they uh, Northland Pines did uh, beat. Um, Wisconsin Valley Union actually did it in overtime. Uh, Northland Pines had a two to nothing lead after two periods. Uh, Union tied it up in the third period with two goals, and then uh, Pines won it in overtime on a power play. So, you know, and I, I know we we talked before about uh, you know a power play goal when Brett and I were watching the 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 Bay Area versus Central Wisconsin Storm on a controversial power play, but we don't know if this one was controversial or not. It was an interference call, which, you know, it looks like kind of a head scratcher in, in overtime, but you don't know, you don't, you don't know what it was. So uh, I didn't see it. So I can't really speculate, but uh, yeah, so we do have a number five taking on a number one, but again, the the number one and two uh, superior in central Wisconsin are, Two of our top three teams, if not even number one or number two, um, uh, on the season in our rank, you know, in our rankings, I think, yeah, in the the, the computer rankings, they're number one and number three. Hayward is number five, and um, Pines is is lower. Right. I think they're one and three in our rankings as well. Bay Area passed them right in that last week. Uh, so Hayward so and uh, Central Wisconsin uh, have played twice this year already. Central Wisconsin won both of those games. Has, yeah, but I believe that they were in the same position last year against Hayward, where they had beaten them twice in the regular season, and then Hayward beat them 
<clears throat> in the sectional semifinals. So are you saying that's going to happen again and the sectional final is going to be moved from Mosinee uh, somewhere northwards if it's Superior and Hayward again? Well, if it's Superior and Hayward again, the sectional final will most certainly be moved. Um, but I'm not saying it's going to happen again. I'm just saying that it should. Both teams are going to have that in their on their minds. The Central Wisconsin Storm haven't they played Superior this year? They got beat by them once, and then they tied them the second time. Yep, they got beat down in Madison, and then on Superior's home ice, they ended up tied. Well, what's interesting there too is that the sectional final is is set for Mosinee, so you'd think that's an advantage for the Storm, even though they would be the two seed, and and Superior would get the last line change. But still, um, I mean, it's an again, Superior. They don't have to ride the bus, but right? Superior, yeah, and Superior is used to the bus rides, so that's the one thing. But uh, yeah, I think I think uh, you know to echo what's been said, I think I think Hayward. Um, versus the Storm. I think that on paper, that looks like a closer matchup than Superior and Pines, but, uh, you know, same kind of thing. You never know uh, when those teams get together. Superior, just in terms of what I've seen from them and just the the points that they're putting up, that that's a, it's a pretty formidable team. And the fact that they uh, came up a little short last year and returned a lot of those same kids, I think there's a, it's a, it's a motivated group. All right, so let's let, let's let's let let me ask you this. Um, it's a two o'clock game, and it's a four and a half hour drive bus ride from Superior to Mosinee. So, do you come down the night before? I would consider it. Or do you do you get them on the bus at what eight o'clock? Drive down and try to give them like an hour and a half to get loose. That's a that's a really good question. I I mean I I think to some degree it depends on the on the team and the kids. You know what what are they going to respond to better? I mean, hockey. Yeah, I, I think kids are used to early morning wake up calls and you know driving a good chunk of the state to get to your next game and playing. You know at, at you know, morning games and late night games and all that. I, I think a lot of it just depends on the team and kind of what their, you know, what their, uh, what works best for them. I've seen a number of games this year where, you know, a team that, that traveled a long distance has come out flat in the first period and then really jacked it up in the second. Um, it, it can't happen. Yeah. I mean, and that, 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 you know, a two o'clock start that, uh, yeah, I think that's another, that's another thing, uh, you know, in the storm's advantage, like I said, if, if they get to that point, they, I don't think they can look past Hayward though. And my guess is that they won't just being what, what happened last year. All right, well, let's move on to the boys Division one, section one. Bob, this is up in your your uh, little bit of the woods up there. Round two. Well, yeah. And, and what's interesting, I've I've seen all these teams. I've 
you know, doing the Zaleski Sports uh, webcast and most of the time with Mike Schwengler, pretty much all the time, we've seen all these teams. We've seen Chippewa. Obviously, we've seen Memorial a lot from the start of the year to now. Seen Hudson, seen Stevens Point. Um, and, yeah, the top four seeds have advanced. I don't, I don't think there were any – as I looked at the brackets, I don't think there were any really big surprises. I think the margin that Spash beat Rapids – was a little surprising to me. I thought Rapids might be able to give them a little bit more of a run, but you got, you know, four teams that have had really good seasons. Um, that Memorial Chippewa game, that that ought to be a dandy. I mean, the first time around it was 4-2 Chippewa, and they got a late period goal um, to put that one away. The second time around, um, they went to overtime tied 2-2, and if you had any uh, shade of purple on, you're going to be still squawking about a, a – blatant hooking penalty that that wasn't called in overtime that could have given memorial you know kid was kind of coming down the high slot appeared to get hooked they let him play on puck caribs to the sideboards chip will forward pokes it packs the defenseman goes in on a breakaway and scores so hmm. uh you know you look at that memorial loss and then the two double overtime losses to hudson the seeds could have been a lot different Nonetheless, you know, they're all going to have to play each other anyway. And it just, I think it's going to be an incredibly close game. The one advantage Chippewa has, I'll, I'll say two, one that Chippewa just for whatever reason plays better in its own barn. I don't know why. They just come out with more juice. They, they, they must feed off the crowd or something, being in their own locker room, whatever it is, ice surface. They always seem to play well at home. And I think even more importantly in this matchup, they get the final line change. And in that first matchup, when they played up at Chippewa, Memorial sent its third line out. Scott Parker countered and put his first line back out there. They went a face-off. They're holding the zone. Pretty soon they bang one in. So it'll be curious to see what Mike Collins and the Memorial staff do. Do they do they not go deep into their bench and only skate the two lines? Um, do they always try to keep Nick Madsen and Dylan Byrne, one of those two, on the ice at all times? I mean, it's really interesting. Um, in that in that game that they played at Hobbs to close out the regular season, I just got this sneaking suspicion that both coaches were holding something back just a little bit. Because by that time, the brackets had been released, and you know anybody could look at it and say, yeah, we could get a rematch of Memorial and Chippewa in just a couple of weeks. So while it was a really competitive game and a pretty intense game, it didn't have the feistiness as a lot of Memorial-Chippewa games sometimes do um but like i said i just i just think they kind of they, they played it knowing that they could very well meet again and they're going to do it tomorrow night and, and it should be it should be a lot of fun up there i, I know mike thompson the, the ad up at chai high was already uh putting something out on social media today that it's going to be a packed house and there's only standing room available and so on and so forth so it should be a should be a real good time and a, and a really good matchup between teams that have some high-end guys um i busted out the uh team wisconsin jersey that mike schwengler gave me a couple years ago um but a lot of those guys play team wisconsin a lot of those uh memorial forwards i'm sorry memorials defensemen uh burn and madsen along with a lot of those chippo forwards um play on team wisconsin so it's a, it's a group of guys that know each other really well um chip was probably deeper at the forward position memorial just because they got the two high-end guys uh, as opposed to Chippewa having one and Gus Thorpe, maybe a little deeper on the back end. The goaltending matchup is real interesting. Uh, 
Chippewa's got the transfer, McMarlow, who uh, came over from Matamidi, Minnesota, was eventually ruled eligible. So he's had a great season. Memorial alternated his two goaltenders, but they've settled on the freshman, Evan Madsen, who's Nick's younger brother. He's a real solid goaltender. He's he's just kind of unflappable back there. He plays his angles well, doesn't give up rebounds. Um, so like I said, it's just I, I'm really looking forward to it and um should be a lot of fun tomorrow night. Uh, before we got to, to this point, we had the the regionals and this one being division one, there were there were actually two rounds. And in the, the first round, uh, which would have been last Tuesday. Uh, the only, well, not really a surprise, but an upset, again, uh, a number nine seed beating a number eight. That was D.C. Everest over Eau Claire North. Um, and that game was, uh, Eau Claire North was up two to one um, after two periods, but uh, D.C. Everest scored twice in the third period to take that one. And the tying goal was scored by uh, Lorelei's favorite evergreen, Charlie Biolo Thompson. Um, her personal, you know, Captain Evergreen. Uh, but the, yeah, so they went in and then they got handled rather handily, <laughs> handled, handled. Yeah, uh, Triple Falls did not have much trouble with them. Uh, Wisconsin, none of us trouble with Wisconsin Rapids. Um, Superior and Eau Claire Memorial. Uh, it was a two-to-one game. Eau Claire Memorial led two-to-one after two periods and then put in two more in the third to to take that game, and they, they outshot Superior almost two-to-one. And the Wausau West and Hudson game, that was actually tied one-to-one after two periods. And as we surmised, uh, Julian Scalcucci, the freshman, was in net for Wausau West, and they were tied one to one after two periods. Uh, the shots were 34 to 13 in favor of Hudson at that point, but Scalcucci was keeping them, <coughs> excuse me, in the game. Uh, Hudson got two goals late in that third period and then added an empty netter to make the final four to one. But, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> it was a tight game up until that point. This is one of those Hudson teams that I, I don't think they're as strong as those teams that went back-to-back um, when Davis Shrewski was coaching them, uh, which is not to say Charlie Singerhouse isn't doing a good job because he is. He's getting the guys to buy in. Um, but they're they're just sound up and down the lineup. Um, the late Jeff Sauer would always say it's a good thing Hudson players have numbers on their jerseys because you can't tell them apart. And in those days, the Hudson guys were all like six feet, 190, and just solid skaters, and they played a good two-way game. They don't have that same size um, this year. They're, they're you know, it's guys that are, you know, 5'8", five, 5'10", five, but they, they just play really well together, and it's a team that's gotten better. Um, some of those losses came to, I think they went one and three against Minnesota teams, playing teams from the metro area. And um, I think they can give Stevens Point a run. Um, Stevens Point's got some talent. That that top line of uh, Miller, Molsky, and Schroeder, those kids are good. Um, then again, you got two sophomores and a junior. And 
when they played at Memorial and maybe it was just a bad day for, for Spash that time. Um, it just seemed that Memorial pushed those forwards out wide. They played a physical game and, and Spash just never reacted really well. Spash really didn't get a lot of good scoring chances until the third period. So even though Spash has got home ice advantage, I think Hudson goes into that game. You know, they're Hudson. They're used to winning. They've they've got the, you know, they're they've had a program that's has really been as good as any in the state for about the last 10 years. And I think those kids go over there thinking that they can they can go and, and beat Spash. They haven't played each other. There's a couple common opponents. I don't know what you can what you can pull from that, but um there again, I it, it may not have the you know the local rivalry aspect of Chai High and Memorial, but I think Hudson and Spash sets up to be a pretty good game. Hudson is another team that's lost players to other opportunities. Um yep, for Brody sure. Dietz, Brody Dietz, who was at Hudson his freshman and sophomore years, really strong defenseman. Uh, now has a C on his chest at uh, St. Thomas Academy as as a senior, um, yeah, in Minnesota. And then their goalie, uh, Aiden Temperang, um, not playing hockey because he's got a football scholarship already lined up in football. Yeah, is- at, also at St. at well at St. University of St. University of St. Thomas, not the not yeah. The and um, I mean they lost. Yeah, and I was talking. Yeah, I was talking a couple of the other guys and so. Yeah, they just said that, you know, with with having the scholarship and, you know, wearing tears and, on his knees and his legs and things like that, he just thought it was time to, you know, put away the skates. And that, that couldn't have been an easy decision. I mean, but that kid had been, he'd been a really solid goaltender. They won one state championship with him, and then they won a sectional championship, lost in a state semi in overtime last year. Um, big athletic kid. Like I said, though, it's like this Hudson group, there's not one standout, but they all collectively play really well together. Um, and and you know that um you're gonna have to you're gonna have to play a really good game to beat them. Um and like I said, of the teams that I saw come to Hobbs this year, they were the one that stood out mainly because of just just how well they they played top to bottom. They, I didn't. I don't think they have a whole lot of like super high end kids. They don't have a, um, you know, like a Max Giblin, even like a kid from the last couple of years. Um, I don't think they have anybody at that caliber. But they have they have a lot of really good high school players. Um, and maybe Spash surprise will surprise me. But uh, sometimes I lean toward the experience when you get to tournament, especially when you get to tournament time. And then Spash end of the season, it all of a sudden they. You know, they lost a couple there after putting up that, you know, 16-0-1 record. Um, you know, we shall see. But I, I think any of those four teams in that section are, are capable of winning it. And it wouldn't be a huge surprise if any one of them made it through. Um, think back to last year, Hudson was a four seed. And, and they wound up winning it. Of course, there were a lot more upsets along the way to the, to the sectional. But, um, yeah, I, I just think top to bottom and just based on, you know, your Wisconsin prep hockey rankings. I mean, that <laughs> there's some there's some really good teams in that section. Bob, I don't know if you remember last year, but uh I believe it was uh Oakland Memorial was upset by wasn't it uh Wisconsin Rapids like in the region? Yeah, yep, yep. And that was the second year in a row Memorial was one and done in the postseason. Uh per year prior it was superior. 
And um, yeah, that's, you know, as somebody who's, who's been following this memorial program since, you know, the 96, 97 season, that, that, that just hasn't happened very much. Granted, it's a tough road now for any of the big rivers teams in, in D one to get to state than it was when there were eight, there was one division and eight teams made it to state. Um, but yeah, that was a little surprising. So I think that was a motivating factor for some of the, some of the kids in the program. And, and, and they've had a, like I said, they've had a really good season, hit a little dip around December and, uh, you know, lost a game to river falls, which was a little perplexing. It, I think with Memorial, it took them a long time to get the forwards, um, active in the offense and getting them to put the puck in the net. Uh, Burn and Madsen kind of carried him through those first uh, those first weeks, um, and then eventually the you know the first line started producing, and then the second line uh, started uh, started producing as well. So, um, like I said, it's I can't wait till tomorrow. Let's put it that way. So I'll be I'll be at the game, uh, looking to write a wrap up for you guys, and then also paying attention to what's going on in the Hudson Spash game because those are. Those are four really good teams, and and I think you could argue four teams that are certainly capable of winning a state title, not just a sectional title. Move on to Division Two, uh, Section Two. Tomahawk was a winner over Rhinelander five to three. Wapaka beat uh, Anigo four to two. Mosinee was a six nothing winner over Pines. And Lakeland blanked Pacelli, which gave us second round games of uh, Tomahawk and Wapaka and Mosinee and Lakeland. That's so that's uh, one through four seeds right there. Yeah. Um, Tomahawk and Wapaka played once this season. Tomahawk won that game four to two, out shooting Wapaka 41 to 18. Um, and from what I saw in the Great Northern Conference Tournament, right now I don't know that Wapaka can hang with Tomahawk. Um, if they do, it's going to be on their goalie, who was first-team all-conference. But uh, because of games like that, where they were outshot 41-18 and he kept them in it, but it's a tough road to hoe for them. Um, this year, Lakeland beat Mosinee 5-1. to um, But in that one, shots were 26-25 in Mosinee's favor. Um, so it was a, it was a closely played game. They just had better looks at the net. Um, as far as those two go, if Mosinee does get past Lakeland, Mosinee and Tomahawk have actually played three times this year. Uh, their first conference game of the season, Tomahawk won nine to four. Uh, their second game was like the following week, uh, non-conference game, Mosinee won five to four. And then in the great Northern conference tournament, they met a third time and Tomahawk won five to two. Um, shots were fairly even in all those games. Uh, the big, the big difference was just Tomahawk for the most part, got the better opportunities. Uh, Mosinee's shots were in his quality. Uh, Tomahawk in Lakeland played twice this year. Um, first one Tomahawk beat Lakeland, uh, four to three burglar. And I were up in Monaco for that game. Lakeland outshot Tomahawk 36, 27 in that game. And, uh, especially in the third period, I believe they came on real strong. Uh, and then in the Great Northern Conference tournament, uh, Lakeland turned around and won that one two to nothing. Uh, again, out shooting Tomahawk twenty six and holding Tomahawk just to seventeen shots in that game. 
Uh, it doesn't help that Tomahawk's leading scorer sat for 15 minutes. Uh, most of the first period in the first minute and a half or so of the second uh, after taking a five and 10 for checking from behind. Uh, and they also had a, a five and 10 for head contact in the uh, the first meeting with Lakeland. So if it does get to be Tomahawk and Lakeland in the sectional final, they're going to want to avoid the five and 10 this time because eventually they're not going to kill it off like they did the last two times. Um and we all we we almost had an upset in this one again a, a five over a four, um, Anigo and Wapaka were tied two to two um, with a minute left in the third period. Uh, surprisingly enough, uh, Anigo's two goals came from uh, one from Eli Castor and one from Owen Dickman, uh, and at that point, uh, Anigo was being outshot uh, like forty to thirteen. Um, but they were tied at two. Uh, Wapaka scored with 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 52 seconds left in the third period, and then got an empty net goal to make it the final four to two margin. But close to an upset there. Um, I mean, really, Tassler, Dickman, and uh, Nolan Bennell in net. Yeah, that's kind of Anago's three man game plan. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't I don't think I mean if Wapaka gets by Tomahawk, I don't think they have enough to win both sides um to upset their way to the state tournament. But between Tomahawk, Mosinee, and Lakeland, legitimately any one of those three teams could win this section. Um I mean you have to put Tomahawk and Lakeland as the favorites. Uh, given their performances against Mosinee this season, but it's not like any of those performances was super dominant. Uh, even the, the 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 score differential wasn't backed up by the shot differential. And, uh, you know, Mosinee worked on some things towards the end of the season to try and turn that around. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, any one of those three could legitimately come out of this one. Uh, I would like it to be Tomahawk because Mosinee went last year and Lakeland went the year before. So get another team in there. That's what we like to see. Okay, let's move on to the girls in uh, Section 2. Round 1, uh, Chippewa Falls Menominee Co-op beat the ECA Stars 5-1. to one. Hudson was a winner over Black River Falls 6-2. to two. And the Cooley Region Cyclones lost to the Western Wisconsin Stars four to three. No correction, four to two. So that gives us second round of number one St. Croix Valley taking on Chippewa Falls Menominee Sabres and Hudson and the Western Wisconsin Stars. The Stars, the two seed, going to get together and play in that one. This is a, a battle between three teams that can't score and one that can. Really. <laughs> um, Chippewa Falls Menominee, 2.79 goals per game. And they're allowing 3.42 goals per game. So they have a negative goal differential in the season, which is not what you want to see in a sectional semifinal. Uh, but they're still a strong team. Uh, they outperformed their goal differential. They were 12-11-1 on the season. Hudson, just 2.17 goals per game. Um, but they only allow 1.79. So at least they're in the positive, but it's only 0.38 goals per game in their favor. 
Western Wisconsin, 2.62 goals per game, allow 2.33, so they're only 0.29 per game ahead. And then St. Croix Valley Fusion on the other end, 3.96 goals per game, and they're still only allowing 2.25, which is second best out of those four teams um, for a 1.71 goals per game differential between the t- between the four of them. Um, the Fusion beat the Sabres 6 to nothing and 4-2 to two this year, and the shots were lopsided in them both. 44 to 14 the first time, 41 to 27 the second time. So Chippewa Falls did improve that second time around, but I don't know if they've got enough in the tank against the Fusion this third time. Uh, Hudson and Western Wisconsin played twice. Hudson won them both three to two. Uh, the shots uh, were 31 25 Hudson the first time and 39 to 16 Western Wisconsin in the second. And when you she- see shot swings like that, Generally, it means one of those two games was very sloppy. Um, I mean, Hudson came out on top in both of them. Uh, largely, I think, credit to, to Kat Donna in the net. Um, probably the best goalie in the state, but I haven't seen them all. Dell's seen them all, but uh, I haven't seen them all. Um, largely credit to her. If they do get past him, Western Wisconsin and the Fusion have played twice. Fusion won 4-2 to two and then lost uh, four to three the second time they played. Um, so, you know, there's there's matchups to be had, but I still think the Fusion are the class of this section. Um, of the four teams, they're the only one that consistently puts the puck in the net. And defensively, they're just as good as two of those other three teams, except maybe Hudson. Um, I think Avery Martin uh, for Hudson is a really, really strong defensive player and gets goals when she can. Uh, and then obviously they have Cat Donna in that. Yeah, you got you've got some really outstanding individuals. Uh, for my money, Kendall Sunby of the Fusion is about as entertaining of a player to watch. Uh, undersized but tremendous skating ability, great stick handler. They have her on defense. She covers up a lot of things back there, but then she can go end to end. And the way sometimes there are ways when she does that, it's almost like she's there's cones out there on the ice and she's just kind of slowing her way through. And she's, she's just a treat to watch. And, you know, with, with Matt Cranston that, you know, he's won a lot of games and he's won some titles with that group over there. They're awfully good. Uh, Paige Steinmetz, the Chippewa Falls Menominee is a player to watch just because she's such a phenomenal all around athlete. I mean, she's, she's literally good at everything. She's an outstanding volleyball player. She got hurt at the end of volleyball season that may have, uh, cost that team a, a longer trip through the playoffs that kind of cost her the first, oh, I don't know, three, four weeks of the hockey season before she got game. But she's she's a special player, too, and a darn good softball player, too. Um, Hudson, you mentioned Kat Donna, uh, the kind of goalie that can steal you a couple games. So I think you you kind of like what Hudson's able to do there. And then Western Wisconsin is just a just a really solid overall team. Uh, but I think you, you you mentioned the numbers and and, you know, a goalie might be able to steal you one game, but can you can you do it twice? Especially when you got a player like Sunbeam on the other side. Hard to say. I think I, I haven't I, seen the fusion this year, but I did see them a couple times last year, and in both games, um, they were both close games. But both times there were fusion players who it seemed like their whole plan on the ice was get the puck to Kendall, and that gets you in trouble. You have to be able to move the puck up on the up the ice on your own 
Um, and if, if your first thought when the puck touches your stick is get it to Kendall, you better make sure she's open. Cause if, if Avery Martin is between you and her, she's not going to get that puck. You know, right. The, yeah. Paige Steinmetz is between you and her. She's not going to get that puck. Um, and when you have one player who gets, you know, all those superlatives in the newspaper, um, that can happen. And even on the boys' side, you see it sometimes this year. Um, I saw it in, in you know, Tomahawk won the game uh, against Lakeland, but there were plays uh, earlier in the year when Bergler and I watched Tomahawk and Lakeland where it's like, all right, give the puck to Austin Lamer. Like, well, you can't always do that. Sometimes you can't just rely on those people. And um, I think sometimes, I haven't seen the fusion this year, but they did it last year. They, they rely on her a little too much. It's not a coaching decision. It's just the players on the ice. Like, we need to get Kendall the puck now. Well, and I think the other thing that makes that such an intriguing sectional is that they, they've all played against each other. There, there's so much familiarity between coaching staffs and personnel that there, there, there aren't a lot of secrets. And I think that, um, yeah, I, I same thing. I think it sets up for a, for a really interesting couple games here. Well, I, I think the biggest difference in, in this is going to be who stays out of the send bin. I mean, these teams have a tendency – to get themselves in trouble with players in the penalty box. And, you know, I, I really think that's going to come into play in this, in, in these next three games in this sectional. Yeah, I would agree with that. Well, obviously the solution is just to add checking to girls hockey. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of girls that would be perfectly fine with that. And some other uh, yeah, I, I think so. All right, guys. Division one, section two. Uh, round one, Ashwabanon was. Can, can I? Uh, no, I'll, I'll, I'll let you finish. Sorry, sorry to bother you, Jake. Keep going. Uh, Beaver Dam beat Appleton United five to one. Uh, Fond du Lac was a winner over Shawano. Fox City Stars lost to the West Bend Ice Bears, and De Pere was a winner over Oshkosh. Which gave us round two action. Bayport beat Ashwabanon. Beaver Dam was a winner over Fond du Lac. Nina Hortonville Manasha knocked off the West Bend Ice Bears. And of course, Notre Dame Academy took care of De Pere. So that gives us semis of Bayport and Beaver Dam and Nina and Notre Dame. Well, the thing I was going to mention is I think the WIA has got to make up their minds here uh, on what is Section 2. Uh, section 2 for the girls is over on the western part of the state. Uh, section 2 for the boys is in the north central part of the state. North and section 2, yeah. or section one, or division, section 2 for Division 1 is on the eastern side of the state. I mean, what is Section 2, really? I mean, didn't Tony Evers redraw those maps? <laughs> those are different maps. Okay. <laughs> uh, this uh, the the semifinals. Um, Beaver Dam and Nina are going to have to play much stronger games than they did in the regional final. Uh, Fond du Lac outshot Beaver Dam twenty nine to twenty. Um, the fact that Beaver Dam came away with a four to three win, I think, is a credit to their goalie. Uh, who's had a fantastic season. 
Uh, West Bend outshot Nina. 26 to 24 in that overtime game that went seven, six to Nina. Um, you don't want to be in a position where you're giving up six goals on 26 shots and you're about to go face Notre Dame Academy. Um, that's an unenviable spot to be in. I guess that's a fair assumption. Um, you know, the thing about Notre Dame is, is they started really slow this year. I mean, let's face it, they replaced a lot of guys, a lot of very talented guys with uh, younger guys. And you it's taken you replaced time the head coach, too. What's that? Right. You replaced the head coach, too. You know, yeah. so, you, you know, and, you know, what impact does, does uh, I, I'm not sure, was he an assistant coach last year or not? I, I, I don't keep track of who, who was on the staff. And I'm not sure how well the players were, how much adaption had to go on for that. Uh, their current head coach was a college D3 coach for a long, long time. <laughs> um, probably going to be Notre Dame and Bayport in the sectional final. I don't think I'm going to hurt anybody's feelings by saying that. Uh, you know, Nina and, and Beaver Dam, they're going to get their shot. You know, prove me wrong. I'd be more than, I'd be thrilled. I love upsets. They're much better than when the, the higher seed wins. Um, Bayport and Notre Dame have played twice this season. Uh, Bayport won both those games two to one. One of them was in overtime. Um, I was at, or I, yeah, I was at one of those games. And I watched the other one on the, the, the video. Um, there were maybe... Five minutes of ice time where I thought five on five, Bayport was the better team than Notre Dame across two hockey games, not including power plays. Um, but Bayport won both those games. And they do it by they're perfectly content letting Notre Dame shoot from the blue line or shoot from along the boards. Uh, they will let them shoot from there all day long because they, they know they have Devin Rusley in the net. He was a finalist for the Kirk Dobbins Beck Award last year. Uh, spoiler alert, the article will be coming out Tuesday. He's a finalist for the Kirk Dobbins Beck Award again this year. Uh, he is one of the best goalies in the state. Leighton Jaschke for, for Notre Dame is a very good goalie in his own right. But Bayport, they're just phenomenal at capitalizing on your mistakes. And that's what, of the, the four goals they scored, Across those two games, three of them were kind of blown plays or mistakes that that Bayport jumped on, um, and that's 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 how they beat Notre Dame. They don't care if Notre Dame is piling on shots, and Notre Dame outshot them thirty eight to twenty four in both games, uh, thirty eight to twenty four and thirty eight to twenty three. Uh, they don't care if they're pouring on shots from the outside as long as they don't give them the middle. Uh, and it makes for that's a very very uh, intense hockey game. Because Bayport takes that early lead, and then they just kind of hang on for dear life and hope they can scratch out a second goal. Doing it three times in one season is going to be hard. Uh, because I think, like I said... You think it's hard to beat a team three no, times no, in one season? No, no. <laughs> I hate that. It's statistically very easy once you've already beaten them twice. Um, but like I said, five on five, there were just a few minutes across two games where I thought Bayport had 
the five best kids on the ice um, where they were the, where they had the advantage. Uh, that's not to say they're not very good. They're very good. But Notre Dame Academy is still, even though they're not the, the juggernaut they went undefeated they were last year, they still have a large portion of that team. Uh, and they're still very strong. This is probably, I think this will probably be, even though they're, you know, the section of death is just across the state, I think this will probably be the best section of the final game out of all 12 uh, sectionals. Last year, wasn't it Notre Dame and Bayport met for the sectional final, right? Yes, I, I believe Notre Dame won very late. I was, I was going to say, I know it was a very close game, and you know, Notre Dame went on to you know, go on and win the state championship. Bayport's given them all they can handle the last couple of years, so you know, maybe it's Bayport's time. We'll see. There were there were people saying, and not just like random people on you know Twitter, but like actual you know hockey reporters from around the state. You know, there are they they some that do exist, um, and other coaches. Where I heard them say that Bayport in the sectional final um, had the best chance of beating Notre Dame out of anybody they would face through the entire playoffs, and watching their performance at the state tournament versus how last year's sectional final went, it was absolutely true. Because they just kind of manhandled the state tournament. Um, but that sectional final game was close. Bayport, nobody plays Notre Dame stronger than Bayport. It's like... Um, all the- just, I'm looking at it now, that sectional final game, Bayport led... Uh, two to one. Time. Notre Dame tied the game, uh, with four minutes and fifteen seconds, or five minutes and fifteen seconds left in the third period, and then won in overtime. So the yeah. game went overtime. That's how close it was last year. That was the that was the closest anybody came to beating Notre Dame last season, and then Bayport's beaten them twice this year. So mm-hmm. Bayport's currently riding a high. And as long as they they stick to their game plan and keep Notre Dame out of the middle and give Devin Rusley a view of the puck, they can beat him again. Uh, but it's it's going to be a tough road for them. Didn't didn't last year, didn't Notre Dame, not Notre Dame, Bayport lose one of their top players during the game? Well, that's not on the score sheet, so I have to go off my memory, and as I get older, that stops working. All right, let's move on to uh, Division Two. Let's go to Section Three. Um, Section Three in the first round: Menominee beat West Salem. Black River Falls was a one-goal winner over Baldwin Woodville. Uh, Somerset was a winner over Veracruz, and River Falls beat Regis Altoona McDonald. Which gives up second-round action of Menominee taking on BRF. And Somerset taking on River Falls. Well, I think the uh, the two. Go ahead, Bob. Yeah, the two big river schools. I think maybe have an advantage. Right, I think definitely have an advantage because of the competition level they played night in, night out. All that being said, Menominee, the defending sectional champion, kind of had some problems with West Salem Bangor. I think the score there, you know, a five-three game and a one versus eight was a little surprising. Um, Black River is kind of an intriguing team. They've got some really good young talent. 
uh, and a couple of veterans, including a goaltender, Christopher Buer, and a good defenseman and Wyatt Madvig. Uh, but a team that's been really up and down this year. They've had injuries. There were some other suspensions uh, that they, in, in talking with one of their players uh, recently, uh, he was telling me, he's like, he said, we don't even know sometimes what, you know, which team is going to show up on any given night. Um, they might be able to give uh, Menominee uh, a run, although during the regular season, Menominee handled them pretty easily. Um, and then on the other side, you get a River Falls team that uh, uh, one of the wins it has is a win at Hobbs against Memorial, which surprised the heck out of everybody. Um, but that was a game where Luke Linehan, their goalie, stood on his head and, and was was just phenomenal. Um if it does, if the seeds do hold up and it's one versus two and it's Menominee and River Falls, I kind of lean Menominee only because I think they have a, a deeper set of forwards. I think they have more guys that can put the puck in the net as opposed to River Falls. River Falls are kind of looking at a couple guys as being their, um, you know, Wyatt Hopeful and Chase Weisinger are kind of like the two guys you look to, whereas Menominee. Uh, Colton Schatkowski is a really nice player. Hayden Weir and Cody Doms are his line mates and, and they can put the puck in the net. Uh, and they got a couple of the second line, Parker Marincel and Alex Slinner, some other kids. Uh, and then they got Jack Drought in the net. And and he he led them to state last year. He was their best player in the getting through the tournament last year. So they're going to need something like that again. But, um, you know, uh, I would assume that it's going to be a Menominee River sectional final but i wouldn't count out those other teams because uh again it's hockey you get a hot goaltender the other goal is not having a good night you know you never know what's going to happen and everybody everybody tends to grip the stick a little tighter in the postseason when you know that uh, especially when you're a senior and you know that this could be your last game um but like i said i think menominee the fact that they got through last year they kind of know what it takes they they know that that they've done it in the past and it's 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 essentially the same team they had last year they're just a year older um and this was a team that just took its lumps a couple of years ago in the big rivers conference but um head coach matt ellis has done a good job kind of coaching up the kids and all of a sudden you're looking at these guys now that are you know a head taller than they were when they were sophomores and freshmen and and they've got the physical strength now to kind of keep they always had some good skills they just size wise just didn't match up with anybody in the brc so um yeah, interesting sectional, and and again another one of those sectionals. You know, I'm sure we could talk for hours whether Division Two is a good thing or not. But I think for programs, you know, like these four here, and 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 some of the other Division Two conferences around the state, it gives these teams a fighting chance of getting to state. And and if the goal is to grow the game, then I think um, that accomplishes that. Bob, um, you you get to see these teams. Menominee, um, are they? You're saying, you know, they're older, you know, they took their lumps as a younger team. Are they a senior dominated team this year or are they? Uh, Yeah. I mean, if you look at the, if you look at the first two lines, um, you've got four seniors and two juniors. Um, Their top uh, defensemen, that's a mix, junior, senior, sophomores, uh, and the goaltender is a goaltender is a senior. Um, but like I said, I think everything flows from that that goalie, Jack Drought. He's a good all-around athlete. He's a running back in football, kind of a bowling ball type kid. He he doesn't give you the, you know, he's a smaller goalie, but but he's super active and and does a good job controlling his rebounds. 
Um, and like I said, I think that that top line, uh, they've got some kids that can that can dangle, and they got some kids that can score. Um, when I saw them early in the year against um, North, and they took it to North, and and wound up winning, kind of going away. It's a all of a sudden, I'm realizing it's like, hey, it's these same kids that we've been seeing for the last couple of years. They're just bigger and stronger now. And and now they're kind of dishing it out a little bit, not so much on the physical standpoint, but as far as putting the puck in the net. Um, so they they obviously grew through that, you know, through those experiences of taking their lumps uh, against, you know, teams like Hudson and Chippewa and Memorial that they see, you know, night in, night out. Um yeah, that's a good that uh, Matt Ellis. I think their coach de- deserves a lot of credit for um, kind of keeping that program going through some lean years and um, getting to them to a point. Yeah, they got to they got embarrassed at state last year by New Richmond, which was a which was a really good team. I think New Richmond could have obviously New Richmond last year won the bigger conference, so that that tells you what uh, kind of team John Larson had last year. But I think in just getting through last year, that gave their whole program a really nice boost. Um, and River Falls, I think Cam Wilkin, he's just in his third season too. I think he's doing similar things at River Falls because that was a program that that had some really good talent over the years and then just just had some really difficult seasons uh, recently. But they're you know they're they're kind of coming around and they're another one that I think that having that second division gives them a shot that uh, they were never going to get if they would have stayed D one. The question for River Falls is which goalie do they put in every night? Because, I mean, Linehan had the shutout against Memorial. <clears throat> and then Daniel Lynn turned around and dropped 48 saves on New Richmond to, to upset them. Um, yeah, that's that's always a tough one. And that, I mean, Eau Claire Memorial is the same thing. You you were you had a freshman split in time with this with the senior and, and they both did well. Um, based on what I've seen, I, I, I'd kind of lean towards Linehan, but I think I've seen him more than than Lynn. Um, Good problem to have, I think, but uh, most coaches, Notre Dame was the exception last year because they rotated those, those two all the way through the state championship game. Um, but usually you have one kid that's, you know, for whatever reason, the coaches feel a little bit more confident about. So if, if, it, if I'm guessing, I'm thinking you go with the, you go with the senior or you go with the older kid, you go with the junior Linehan. But that's just guessing. All right, girls' side, section three. Fox City Stars beat Lakeshore. Arrowhead was a winner over the Warbirds, and U School beat Brookfield, which gives us second-round games of Bay Area taking on Fox City Stars and Arrowhead playing University School. As you look at the five and a six versus a two. Yep, but as you look at this, um, the six over the three, uh, the last game that those two teams played during the regular uh, season, uh, Arrowhead won over the Warbirds eight to two in that game uh, to come on into this one. And as you look at that six versus two, don't be shocked with Arrowhead coming coming out of this. They played two games against each other this year. University school won on their home ice, one to nothing, and then Arrowhead won three to two on their home ice. So I mean, they split on the season in one goal games. Uh, so you know that that 
tells you how close that game should be tomorrow night between those two. Bay Area, uh, Fox Cities, Bay Area beat them 6-2 to two earlier in the se season, uh, early, early part of January. Bay Area has only lost one game to another team in the Eastern Shores Conference, and that was to university school in the conference tournament. And and we talked about this last week too. Uh, they played, so they, they played twice during the season. The first meeting, Bay Area had won the game four to nothing, and then they lost four to three to USM in the conference tournament in the semifinals. Uh, but, uh, you know, kind of think it'll be a one versus two but I wouldn't be shocked if it's a one versus six uh, in the sectional final on this one. Well, that'd be nice to see on the girls' side. When was the last time we had somebody lower than like a five? Well, I, I, I said, did we cover how Arrowhead beat the Warbirds eight to one, the six over number three? That was rather unusual, isn't it? Well, as I said, Arrowhead had beat them just previously in the regular season, eight to two. Then how did how did Arrowhead get up with the number six seed? Overall record on it. Um, overall record, Warbirds were actually sitting at thirteen eight and one on the season, while Arrowhead was at thirteen and ten. And they had played more than once during the season. Uh, let me just take a look here. Arrowhead. I think that sounds like the other coaches in Section 3 disrespected Arrowhead. Arrowhead <laughs> won 8-2. On February 6th, Arrowhead beat the Warbirds 8-2. But earlier in the season, um, on January 3rd, it was a 5-2 win. For the Warbirds over Arrowhead. Well, so Arrowhead Arrowhead is still up ten to seven. Yep. Well, and then you add the sectional game in, and they're way up. Well, yeah, I'm just wondering how they ended up seated like that. Well, they had the pretty close to. I think you said that they had the same number of wins. It was just losses and ties that were different. Yeah. Yep. And they probably Arrowhead. It probably depended too, also on how they actually performed in their. Conference tournament. Oh, yeah. Conference tournaments. Those are a thing. Okay, you guys ready to move to Section 3, Division 1? Well, let's finish this one. We barely, we talked about how we got here. Yeah, I just I just interrupted things. We didn't finish. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I... I, I I, I did go through who I thought would be um, how it should end up in the sectionals. But I, I think it would be a 1-2, but I wouldn't be shocked with the 1-6. Bay Area was very sneaky this year. I don't know what it was. Like, they were always in the top six, but they, like, they really didn't get any, like, 1-2 type votes until, like, right at the end of the season. They're 19-5. and five. I'm like they they snuck up on like everybody.
probably that season opening loss to Western Wisconsin. That weighed on people's minds. And then they just kind of blew through everybody after that. All right, MJ, you can move oh. on. Okay. Division one, section three, uh, regional action. Uh, Sock Prairie beat uh, Sun Prairie. Madison Memorial beat RWD. Madison West had no problem with the South Central Navigators. Middleton was a 4-0 winner over Baraboo Portage. Aquinas beat Onalaska. And Wanakee was a winner over Toma. Round two, Madison Edgewood, top seed. They were an easy winner over Sock Prairie. Madison Memorial lost to Madison West. And Middleton took overtime, but they were able to knock off Aquinas. And Verona didn't really have much problem with Wanakee. In fact, they flat out destroyed them. So uh, it's going to give us uh, round three sectional semi matchups of Edgewood against uh, Madison West and Middleton against Verona. Yeah, um, that the Middleton Aquinas game. Aquinas based played two overtime games to uh, finish up their season. They had to beat Onalaska seven to six in overtime to make it to the regional final. And then they lose to uh, Middleton three to two in overtime. Uh, Madison West uh, beating Madison Memorial. Uh, that was their fourth time meeting this season with Madison West winning three of the four. Uh, so um, Madison Edgewood over Sauk Prairie, that that one wasn't. Uh, Sauk Prairie lost twice to Madison Edgewood in conference play this year. And then what can you say about Verona just uh, with a 9 nothing win over Wanakee? And then as we talked about, Edgewood and West going to match up and uh, Middleton and Verona. And, you know, these are two pretty, these are two pretty good games for sectional semi games. Um, the first uh, time that, they, that Middleton and Verona played, Middleton won two to one, shots were even. Second time they played, Verona won four to three in overtime. Uh, Middleton actually outshot them by four, but still basically even at that that those totals. Um, for a Middleton team that has gotten like no pub this year, I can probably count on one hand the number of coaches that have put Middleton in their top six. But Verona gets votes every week. Um, well, if I go back to my computer rankings, um, I know we've had Ed Edgewood has been in and out of our top six, but if we if we stayed. If we'd gone with the top 10, um, the computer ranks has Edgewood 8, Verona 9, and Middleton 10. So they are all packed right together there. I mean, that makes the, the big eight, like, just behind the, the big rivers. If you're packing the top 10 with, you know, three of your clubs. Burglar, since you've got that up, where does it put Madison West at? Uh, 15. 
which Please. isn't really that far behind. No. But <laughs> I go going to be an interesting night in Verona tomorrow. Uh the Edgewood West games at 5:30 and the Middleton Verona games at 7:30 on at the Verona Ice Arena. And so I and I presume they'll both games will be on the different ranks. I'm sure that uh, Edgewood will be over there on their own, their home rink, and uh, the Wildcats on the the other rink. But or, so or ticket, if you're a fan going to that, you'd have to get two tickets. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. Well, that happens. You know, Verona's got good defense. They've got you know decent amount of scoring. What does Manis and Edgewood have? They're okay playing a low scoring game. I mean, they've got a good goaltender who can keep them in the game. Verona and Madison Edgewood met a couple weeks ago, and Verona beat them two to one. So Edgewood probably has that to think about if they get to uh, get to one of those matchups in the sectional final, but. You know, either one of these two games, there's a favorite and then there's an underdog. And either one of those underdogs may just have enough to get past the other. Madison West has had a good young squad the last couple of seasons, and they're getting older now. Maybe this is their time. Maybe not. We'll find out. They would have to take a big step up from what they did last time against Edgewood when they lost 5-1, to one, getting outshot 46-28. to 28. I mean, well, they got to make a big step up here in the playoffs to to overcome that kind of deficit when you've got Rowan White sitting in the net on the other side. Now, I did see Edgewood and Middleton this year, and in that game, I don't think Rowan White really had to work very hard in that game. But, you know, Middleton's come along a lot since then. And uh, I think they're going to, if they get in there and play Edgewood again, I think they're going to give Edgewood quite the game. But they got to get past Verona first. I don't put anything past Middleton. I really don't. Well, especially coming off that triple overtime win over Aquinas, that, you know, something sometimes a game like that can give a team a real boost and, you know, send them on. I Again, I, I if, if it's me looking at it, I think you give Edgewood, the, you know, a slim margin. But both Verona and Middleton are capable, I think, in this bracket. I think West is a little bit more of a long shot. But, um, yeah, I, I think it sets up – I think that that's a, that's a sectional that, you know, one through four kind of rivals what, what's going to go on up in the uh, sectional number one, you know, in terms of just strength of teams and, and just really intriguing semifinal matchups. I mean, we've mentioned the the overtimes for that game against Aquinas. We haven't mentioned that Middleton took sixty four shots <laughs> in that game. Sixty four to thirty six, they outshot Aquinas, but they could not, for the life of them, crack Mason Kelm. Sixty one saves he had in that game. My goodness, it's a good day's work. Sure yeah. is. For some right. goalies, let's that's go. three days' work. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go on to our – let's get to the last round here. Uh, what am I looking at here? Section 4, 
Division Two. Okay, got it. Oregon had no problem with Stoughton. Uh, Wapon was able to knock off MG. Um, Homestead lost to McFarland, and Final Lake Springs beat Cedarburg. So that gives us the next round matchup of Oregon and Wapon and McFarland and Fond du Lac Springs. Last week, Oregon played Verona. And they lost by like one or two goals late in the game. But I guess Andrew Jakey may have been a little bit dinged up. Um... I haven't. I didn't get a chance to see Wapan play this year. Uh, I do know that Oregon has a pretty good squad. They got a good goaltender. When you've got the, you know, goalie coach of many teams as your head coach, you know your goalie's probably going to be halfway decent. So I'm looking at Oregon getting in that one but you know what McFarland and fun like McFarland got a couple got a couple votes this year in our top six if I remember correctly they got and pretty consistent votes for you know, the season solid team to the party I think I don't want to in say fact, this last year dramatic. Oregon beat uh, Springs in the sectional final I think McFarland is an above average team with a well of with a very good goalie. Uh, I think Raymond Wheaton uh, for McFarland is a very good goalie. Um, and they've won games that uh, with without him, they wouldn't have won. Uh, and uh, I think they're 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 the underdog against Springs. Obviously, the Springs has been a juggernaut. Uh, them losing to to Oregon last year was not like a shock, but I mean it was not. You know, it was they've been a juggernaut. So McFarland's got a, a tough road, but they can do it. Uh, they've had a very all over the place up and down season um, with some wins that you look at and you're like, how did they beat them? And then some losses, you're like, probably shouldn't have given up seven goals against Beaver Dam. Uh, so. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a, a weird matchup. It could it's either gonna be a really close game in, in McFarland's favor or Springs is gonna run away with it. Um, I don't think if it's if it's close, if it's close. I think it it favors McFarland because then uh, we've all seen high school kids start you know gripping that hockey stick a little tighter, start trying to force things uh, when you're when you're playing somebody you're supposed to beat and they're hanging right in there with you, especially when your season is on the line. So I think if it's a close game. It really does favor McFarland, but they're going to have to really use that first period to to gauge Springs' speed because they are very fast. Well, I, I think what surprised us last year wasn't so much that Oregon beat Springs. It was how they did it. Oh, yes. Um, because Fond du Lac Springs had a very powerful offense and they were questionable um, defensively, their their goaltender uh, left like in October to go uh, play somewhere out east, and kind of left them high and dry. And Oregon ended up winning that game one to nothing. So you know, whoever they put in net, um, you know, 
did a heck of a job, but Springs just could not score in that game. Um, and looking at the game now where, you know, Springs beat Cedarburg, I mean, eight to five, and that's, and that was with, uh, their, their, with Springs had their number one goalie. I mean, Brendan Geertag in net and, you know, gave up uh, five goals on 26 shots. I mean, Springs outshot them by a bunch, you know, 46 to 26, but, you know, that that's kind of a lot of goals to give up for them in, in a, you know, against, you know, Cedarburg. And that's going to kind of thing that'll give McFarland hope. I mean, earlier this season, McFarland played Edgewood, a uh, number one seed. They lost two to nothing. Nothing wrong with losing to a number one seed ranked team two to nothing, no matter where you are in the standings. They are they were outshot 46 to 17 in that game. Um, but like I said, Raymond Wheaton, really good at his job. Uh, so, I mean, don't count them out. They got a shot. On the other side, Wapan has a lot less of a shot against Oregon. Uh, <laughs> Oregon, uh, they are top to bottom. I think they're very good. I think uh, another spoiler alert, Nate McAlpine is a finalist uh, for the John Hillebrandt Award, since we have D2 awards now. Um, and obviously they've got Andrew Jakey uh, and forward. They have they had several players nominated for our awards, uh, multiple forwards, defenseman, goalie. Uh, they're a strong team, top to bottom. Uh, for Division Two, uh, they were getting first first place. They they never could pass New Richmond uh, on the poll, but they were getting first place votes pretty much all season long, and they never went away. And they were from different coaches from around the state. It wasn't always just like, oh, the Section 4 coaches down in the southeast are voting for Oregon. It wasn't like that. They were getting them from all over. Uh, just not enough to beat New Richmond. So they're they're you know they're the number two team in the state in our poll, and they probably earned it. Let's going back at my computer, going back at my computer rankings here. Um, yeah, according to the my hockey rankings, Oregon is number two, Fond du Lac Springs is number three. Um we're talking McFarland down at number 13 and Wapan at 16. So, uh, yeah, the computers clearly say that Oregon and Fond du Lac are uh, up there at the top and pretty much neck and neck. And they may have to meet up again to decide it once again this year. Okay, girls' side, section four. Cap City Cougars were a winner over Badger Lightning, three to two. Beaver Dam was a five nothing winner over the Icebergs, and Madison Metro Links blanked Baroqua nine nothing. Given a second round action of Rock County Ferry, the number one seed taken on Cap City, and Beaver Dam is going to be playing the Metro Links over at Madison Ice Arena. Uh you know, th this is basically the uh, Badger Conference sectional. Yeah. Um, the Metro Lynx and Beaver Dam having played twice this year. Uh, December, Metro Lynx won two to nothing. And uh, January, Beaver Dam won five to four. In that game that they won five to four, they were outshot 44 to 22. 
Uh, you know, Emily Smedema, 44 shots on goal, had 40 saves in there. Uh, whereas uh, the Metrolinx goalie had 17 saves on 22 shots. And you know, this is one that they, they split on the regular season, uh, each one on each other's. Uh, on their own home ice. Uh, this game is in at Madison Ice Arena. Uh, you know, on paper, the Lynx should win this. Uh, but, you know, how hot a goalie is Emily going to be on Tuesday evening? Uh, the other game is the Rock County Fury against Cap C City. And uh, I believe that Rock County won both their games against Cap City. Uh, the last one was a two to one game, and the one, uh, actually both both games were two to one. Rock County was on top, came out on top. Uh, the only conference loss that the Rock County had this year was a loss to the um, MetroLynx in overtime. Yep, three to two in overtime. That was their last conference game of the season. And so right. the Metropolitan spoiled their chance of getting an undefeated conference season. Uh, both both games against the Metro Lynx, final scores were three to two. Three to two. And uh as you said, what were the final scores against Cap City both times? Were they two to one? Two to one. So, no team really in this sectional. Uh, I'm not that familiar with Beaver Dam, but Dell, do any of these teams really light it up? Well, why? No. Not really. I the I think you know the the closest would be the Lynx, but I don't think they've lit it up this year. A lot. I have. Well, let me just take a quick look here. Go to their homepage. Pulls it up, and the Metro Lynx uh, scoring during the regular season had 3.83 goals per game, and we're giving up 2.79. Uh, so, uh, what was Rock County? Rock County may be the number one seed, but I'll tell you what, either those two teams in the bottom could come out of this. Yep, and Rock County was scoring three point six goals per game, so you know they actually scored le less than Metro Lynx by point two goals per game, and stuff. So, so I expect it to be a one versus two. Would we be overly overly shocked if one of the lower seeds won? I would be more shocked with. Rock County losing to Cap City than uh, the other way around. And one of the things Rock County has is good goaltending. Jillian Travers played quite well all season. They yeah, she Emma, has. They got Emma Clagora who can put pucks in the back of the net along with her sister, Ava. Um, 
I guess with Rock County, just look at, you know, do they have enough depth? If those, if that line shut down, do they have enough depth to uh, compensate for that? Rock County had three players with 35 points or more. Macy Murphy, Ava, and Emma. Um, Emma, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I believe she finished about number three in the state in total points. But, you know, it that's one of those, these ones where, you know, the other team says, okay, we're not going to let Emma beat us. You know, it's got, it's got to be somebody else that's going to beat us. Because, uh, and you, you know, as well as I do, uh, MJ, that Rock County has a tendency to go the way Emma goes in the, in these games. Yeah. And, uh, Rock County flat out, they just got to stay out of the box. I of think course, so does every team, but, but, you know, you keep talking about girls need to stay out of the box. And I'm like, just let's, let's start checking. But, but, <laughs> I'll um, tell you what, though, Emma Clagora would be up for checking. Uh, tell you, uh, Jillian Traver, you brought her name up, um, and yeah, she she was nominated uh, for the Jesse Vetter Award. Uh, and, and you look at her save, save percentage on the season a nine thirty three save percentage on the season. Uh, you know, she, so. It, she's some a goalie that can steal you a game and and everything else but and i'm going to say every goalie out there uh you know as long as they're, they're controlling the rebounds you know you, you can keep your team in the game but if you have uh, have the defense that can clear out that puck it really helps and you you just got to have your team play, and I think that's where this is going to come down in this sectional is which team is is going to be playing together, and not which individual skater is going to have the best game. Okay, finally down to our last sectional, sectional four in Division One, and I go to the thing, and I. Looks like I'm froze up on my uh, on my other source here. Um, does somebody have the uh, section division one, section four? Brad, um, you got an old computer like Bob. <laughs> so, in, in sectional four, in, in the regional semis, you had number eight Kenosha Thunder over the Janesville Bluebirds six to one. Number five Waukesha Wings over the. WNS Storm nine to one, Arrowhead knocked off the Milton Redbirds eight to one. Marquette, the number six seed, falls to Beloit Memorial seven to four, and Muskego, the number seven seed, went over the Cheesemakers seven to one. Uh, you made it to the regional finals. USM, the number two seed, knocked off Muskego six to one. KMMO knocked off Beloit Memorial, 8-5, to five, the 3 over the 11. Number 4, Arrowhead, beat number 5, Waukesha Wings, 6-4. to four, And Brookfield knocked off the Kenosha Thunder, 5-2, to two, and a 1 over 8. To give you things going chalk into the sectional semis, you have a 1 versus 4, Brookfield Stars against Arrowhead. And a number 3, KMMO, Traveling to the University School of Milwaukee. 
What do you know about these guys, MJ? Well, Brookfield, you know, not this section hasn't had a whole lot of top six action all season. Um, USM, as we've seen earlier this year, you know, they they struggled. But as the seasons went on, they've gotten better and better. Uh, they played they played Brookfield. Brookfield beat them. And uh, Brookfield's, I feel, is really on a mission this year. But it's one of those things where I see USM and Brookfield colliding again. And oh. last year, and last I year, uh, Brookfield lost that game to uh, USM in the sectional final. I, I think Brookfield, I, I would say probably the first half of our season was pretty consistently up in our top six. And it, it was kind of, I, if I remember correctly, it was kind of the second half of the season. They kind <clears> of <throat> stumbled out, just stumbled out of the top six. But the junior could actually give me the better answer on that. I did get to see Brookfield play Middleton uh, in our game of the week in Middleton when they had the Supernova game. A uh, lot of emotion going on that night uh, at the rink, you know, with what was for what the reason was for the game going. Uh, the fundraiser, and I think that helped Middleton a little bit, you know, and, and stuff. But it, it was a extremely well played game on both sides. Uh, Middleton did come out on top, but uh, Brookfield had just gotten one of their players back off of injury, and I can't remember which one it was, but he was back skating for the first time after missing a couple games due to an injury, and so. Yeah, I, I agree with you, MJ. I, I think it, this could very well be Brookfield number one versus USM in the sectional finals. Well, Cam MO and Arrowhead's past experience against Brookfield uh, and USM this year don't bode well for their chances. Uh, Arrowhead lost to Brookfield nine to three, uh, and then they lost to USM five to two, and. I mean, shots were were fairly close in in Arrowhead's favor, but I mean, USM, they're always good. Um, and yes, you are correct. Brookfield was in the top six for the first half of the season, and then they sort of fell out and they hung around the seven, eight, nine spot for the rest of the season, as um, Hudson and Notre Dame Academy and University School started rotating through that sixth spot. Um, those 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 teams all started kind of slow in the rankings and then came on towards the end of the season, whereas Brookfield kind of started hot and fell away. Where does the computers have them, Burglar? Uh, the computers, last time I well, – uh, let me check again. They, they, they have been updated. Um, the computers have university school at 8 – Wait, that's the wrong one. All right, the computers have Brookfield at six. Uh, Arrowhead at 12. University School at 14. And who's the other one we're looking for? KMMO? KMMO. 24. 
So they're 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 that's quite a, a drop, but yeah. They have Arrowhead ahead of USF. Yes. Did not see that coming. Not but you had a chance to see any of these teams this year? I I have not, but all I know is that USM lost an overtime game to Eau Claire North. So if you're going to go on computer formula, my guess is that that probably dropped them a lot because North was a sub-500 team this year. I think that's the thing that hits a lot of teams in this kind of that the teens band is they're just kind of inconsistent. They have they have more good days and bad days um, than the teams that actually that, that consistently stay in the top six, top eight. They're generally mostly good days. Then you get in the teens, you have a team that can play top level hockey against those best teams, but not every time they go out. Yeah, I would I would tend to agree. And then again, I'm just you know uh, having looked at the Big Rivers and and being pretty much Big Rivers exclusive um throughout the season yeah i think i think you see that i think you see some teams that every once in a while can can challenge one of the top teams but by and large it's the it's the teams that have done it start to finish that uh you know you like their chances you know at this point of the tournament well guys we've made it through all our all our sectionals. And I guess the only thing we did is now is let them play tomorrow night and sort it out from there. Yeah, our words right. are meaningless. Yeah, drop the puck. Yeah, Bob, you really got that nice one up there in uh, your neck of the woods. My goodness, that's, that's a yeah, pretty that, strong sectional. That's a, that's a, yeah, I think that's that, that has, and not only that, you got some high end talent i mean and, and again going by the, the kids that play team wisconsin it's like you have quite a few from from each team um yeah it'll be a it'll be a fun atmosphere and it'll be interesting to see which teams make it through because there's a there's a possibility um much like last year you could get three teams from the vigorous conference two in division two and one in uh division one um it, it was a good league this year it, it really was it was some uh um, some really good hockey and, and credit to Chai High for, for getting through, but uh, they will have to earn their way. And what's, it, what's interesting, too, is that if it, if it does turn out to be a um, Chippewa-Hudson matchup, the, the final is set for Hudson in the new uh, Drewiski rink. Um, so even though that Chai will be the home team and get to wear the white uniforms, get to um, – you know, have the last line changed that they're going to be playing in somebody else's barn. So that'll be interesting to see how that, uh, how that all plays out. So well, yeah. Good, for good first, first, first Hudson has to get by uh Spash and I will be there. I've already got my tickets uh, tomorrow night for Steve, for KB Willard arena uh, to see Hudson and Spash play down there. So that should be a, a barn burner of a game also. I, I think that'll be a very good game too. I mean, and like I said, I think in that section, and, and this is not just media talk, I, I think any one of those four could get through. And I don't think you would you would call it that big of an upset. Yeah, Chippewa has been, been ranked one for a good part of the latter part of the season, but uh, I, I wouldn't say they're unbeatable. 
Um, I think the the thing about those four is that I think any one of those teams can get through, and I think any one of those teams can actually win this day tournament. Yeah. There are there are other sections where I think, you know, maybe three or four could get through, but I don't think they can win the state tournament. They can put up a good showing, but I think any one of those four could actually win the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with you. That um yeah, yeah, I think it just comes to you know the old cliche who comes to play and who, you know, staying out of the box and and not getting caught up and not just getting too worked up, just play the game. But uh, yeah, it should be a lot of fun, and and we'll, this this will be a fun week. I'll be, yeah. you know, keeping tabs on what's going on here, and then obviously what's going on around the state. So this is this is the last time I'll mention computer rankings. I promise. Um, because right now, I mean, if you look, well, you you look at a sectional possible sectional final down the road. Number three and number four are Bayport and Notre Dame. Uh, we mentioned Brookfield; they're at number six. But the other spots, one, two, five, and seven, are the four teams left in 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 section one. Um, Chippewa Falls, Eau Claire, uh, Stevens Point, and Hudson. The you know four of the top seven teams in Division One uh, jam packed into this you know final three games in section one. And, and, you know, what's so interesting is you look at a team like Memorial, um, three loss, three overtime losses, two to um, Hudson, both went to double overtime. The game in Hudson, Hudson got the game winner with like a second and a half in the second overtime. So they're, they're, they're this close to being, you know, even more higher, highly ranked than, than they are in, in the computers right now. All five of their losses have come in conference. So they beat, you know, they beat the teams that they played early in the year down in the in the Madison area. They beat the teams in that um, Memorial Meltdown tournament. They beat the teams in that um, tournament that they had over in Green Bay. I mean, it's like they've got an impressive resume, and and yet they're, you know, here they are as a four seed in their own sectional. So it just, I think, it just goes to show that there's some there there are any number of good teams, and and I think it sets up for a, a really good week of sectional hockey. Burglar, our uh, best Western Premier Park Hotel players of the week. How are we looking with that this week? Well, if you were to read the next line, it says I, they'll be returning next week with the players of the playoffs. I did read it. I just wanted to hear you say it. Oh, okay. Well, uh, oh, okay. Thank you. I, I, I misread that cue. Yes, they'll return next week because rather than it'll, the player of the week, it'll be the players of the playoffs. So I don't know if that means we're going to have three, a division one, a division two, and a girls. Bill's yeah. explaining that to me, but he's on mute. So we can we can do that. The widgets won't work, but you know, we'll just have to make we'll figure it. something out. We'll figure something out. All right. So remember that. Send for send us your uh nominations for player of the playoffs, division one, division two. And girls. And the reason we don't do a player of the week for the regional round of the playoffs is that there are just too many teams that only get one game. And uh, we try our best not to do single game players of the week. Uh, you got to have two good games. 
During the regular season, three is even better. Final thoughts section. Guys, I really don't have any. All I know is I'm pretty uh pretty jacked to uh see how tomorrow night turns out. I, you know, when Burglar first asked, do you want to go to Hudson versus Spash with me? And I'm like, well, of course I do. And then I looked at my might hockey schedule and went, no, I, some idiot signed me up to be a coach. So I, I guess I will be uh, at might practice instead. But checking your phone during practice repeatedly, I'm guessing. Uh, depending on what our drills look like this week, that is very possible. <laughs> That's okay. I'll be at a Sauk County County Board meeting. Checking Ooh. your phone. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's kind of hard. I'm in the front row. <laughs> well, you'll figure it out. All right, guys. Nothing else to add. We've put in a, quite a show here. It's getting pretty late. Anybody want to add anything final? No. Nope. Good night. I'll take that. Thanks, as a guys. Night. We'll see you. Uh, we'll see you soon. Bob, thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Okay. All right. For Burglar, Bill Jr., and Dell, and Bob, I'm Mike Hammond. Enjoy tomorrow night's games. Been listening to this week in Wisconsin prep hockey. <laughs>